Deep in the heart of Appalachia, guys set on a quest to create the greatest podcast. Uh, sorry, dude. I thought we agreed on the correct pronunciation of Appalachia. No, dude. We, we've talked about this. We've talked about this over and over and over. It's, it's pronounced Appalachia. Listen, freaking angels and the women got together. That's how we got Bigfoot. That's how we got vampires. That's why we got all of this stuff. These ancient Appalachian mountains that are literally older than bones. There's old entities here. You start finding out more about them, they start finding out more about you. Good Lord, sir. (laughs) This goose has gone rabbit. You think you're just going to run up with your little sword on the king of the goose squad? Listen, the old entities of Middle Appalachia are unexplainable. Mm. They are eerie. Breach. And they are one of these things that will keep us, the hill folks, and the people who live in the area constantly searching for answers. Mm that they probably will never, ever find. And this is why we love Appalachian Intelligence. This meeting is being recorded. Hello, Hill Folk. Welcome back to another episode of Appalachian Intelligence. Tonight, your host, Ryan, Justin can't be with us. Lance is here. He's just, you know, doing his father duties. But it's another powwow. It's a little late. This is for December. So we'll still have another one in January. But uh, with all the holidays, you know, it gets crazy. So we decided to wait till after that to start recording again. So this will be our second recording this week. We did another recording with another fan. You guys will hear that. We'll drop Monday. I don't know when he's going to drop this one. So I don't want to tell you guys about that. But with us tonight, we got our Kim folk. We're going to get this thing going because some of the Kim folk are also members of their very own podcast and they've got to go. So they're not going to divulge all their secrets. But they're going to try to keep this interesting. Mm-hmm. I know Poppy Joe and Maynard will come through, but Maddie, <laughs> welcome to the powwow, buddy. And to, you are going to start us off tonight. Hit it, Maddie. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. How are we doing this evening? It's creepy cryptids be fantastic. Hell yeah. Never brought to mind. <laughs> Have uh, have any y'all have any of y'all heard of the uh, Orlinda book? What? No. The Orlinda book. It's a it's a manuscript yeah. that's written in a uh, a style of old Frisian, and it is pretty much at this point considered a hoax. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that have been putting time into it. There's a researcher, uh, John Ott who has been spending a lot of time uh, translating the, the text itself and going over kind of how it would fit into the language trees. 
and it's been kind of an interesting thing that I've just just kind of started digging into. <clears throat> Pardon me there. Um, but it's interesting because it gives some very explicit dates. And just from what I've went through, it's it's it leads off with a warning to not let the book get in the hands of priests um, because the language that priests use is often fanciful. And the the language that this was written in this old Frisian isn't wasn't even really supposed to be written down, if I'm understanding it correctly. But it gives us like uh, from what I've seen so far, just like a really in-depth look at a at a prehistory and a lot of a lot of people in the alternative history or conspiracy circles are starting to seriously consider if it may not be an authentic text just based off how the uh the numerical system and the the alphabet fit into the family trees especially of the uh germanic and scandinavian languages which is where the old Frisian would fit in. <clears throat> and it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting too, because the primary symbol is a six spoked wheel, which pops up quite frequently throughout most cultures. Um, you've got a six spoked wheel in Buddhism, uh, the Yule wheel and the Scandinavian stuff. It just kind of keeps popping up and the alphabet you can form out of, every spoke of the wheel, like just the wheel itself is the basis for both the uh, numerical system and the alphabet. Holy crap. Whoa. So he's deciphering this. Yeah. Yeah. John Ott is the most in-depth guy and he's on, uh, he's on a couple of podcasts. I can throw those in the discord here in a bit. Um, but he's been he's been on a couple where he talks about his research into into the language and how everything kind of fits because it seems to be a uh, like a parallel to Christianity text at the very least, which is why some people consider it a hoax, like uh, like it's meant to be in all reality like a high fantasy parody of the Bible in a sense. It's mm-hmm. kind of what it's been deemed so far. But from what I've heard, the people that are looking into it are pretty convinced that it could have some authenticity. Can you, can you drop that link in the chat too? I just want to throw it in the yeah in the, in the dark. Yeah, that's awesome. For sure, that. throw that no, in that's the just, Discord. That's uh, yeah, for sure. I'll hit it up in the Discord. That's just it's just something I've recently started digging into. I'm still trying to kind of recoup from the uh the holiday season there and, and my my ailments so it's yeah. been it's been tight pressed for time but it's been an interesting thing to to at least listen to other people talk about seeing as i'm only a couple of chapters into the text myself yeah <laughs> see maddie did bring fire anyway see that's where you guys need to go listen to his podcast this is the kind of stuff he does <laughs> in his sleep yeah in his sleep. Have you ever heard of the Voynich manuscripts? Yeah. Yeah. That's some crazy stuff. The Voynich is interesting. What is that? It's um, 
it's this manuscript that I can't remember how it was found, Maddie. I don't know if you remember, but um, it's in this weird script and it looks like it's like, you know, talking about things having to do with biology and botany. It's just, I'll pop a link in, but it's just weird as hell. And, And some people, they've tried to also translate this and they basically don't know where it came from. Huh. I'll, I'll, I'll pop. It's just what Maddie was talking about. Linda, like, could be the Necronomicon. Yeah. Can you guys hear each other? I can hear you. Yeah. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. I thought I went deaf for a second. I was like, oh, no. Sure, your wife fell out of the car a quarter of a mile back. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God, I thought I went deaf. Accidentally sat on the mute button or something. But, oh, man. Yeah, Maddie. What else you got there? Hidden in that Mm -hmm. brain of yours, buddy. Oh, you but you're know. not gonna divulge on your <laughs> show, you know. Well, I tell you what, well, take this time. Tell us what we can expect off of it from this show, from your show. Um. Well, the the next upcoming big project that I'm working on is uh, my buddy Johnny and I have started another podcast called Polytheist Pagans. And heathens oh my and uh we're about to do a uh we're about to do a episode with the cryptids of the corn boys on uh some some possible connection between fairies and mycelium so that's going to be a fun one um <laughs> if i'm not mistaken tonight with uh with old dick of the meadows and outlaw himself we're going to be recording with uh, Hallowed Haven Maker. Oh and, yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna just see where that goes. It should be a fun time. That should be really. That's who we just recorded with. That's who we'll be dropping. No way. With, uh, yeah, that's who we'll be dropping with Monday. Well, that sounds like a synchronicity. Yes. Just wait, dude. You're in for a show. It's awesome. Well, now I'm awesome. even more excited. Yeah, she was awesome. So, man, yeah. So you got. So what was the name of this other show you're doing? Uh, it's Polytheist Pagans and Heathens. Oh my! Um, Polytheist both, both Pagans and Heathens. Oh my! Yeah. Alright. <clears throat> it's uh both my buddy Johnny and I. We're practicing polytheists in in one way, shape, form, or fashion. So we just figured that we would do our best to uh, introduce people to that sort of train of thought, not really like teach or educate on how to practice or whether or not you should practice or any of that sort of stuff, just on the lifestyles and that we're not crazy demon summoning monsters in the woods or anything. But we're also trying to get other people on with perspectives or beliefs that are outside of our own. That yeah. way we can kind of get an understanding of everybody. 
so polytheist you just kind of dabble in all different yeah man I, be- I believe in way too much stuff to to consider myself a monotheist yeah there's there's a lot of stuff out there at least in my opinion you're just and, not uh, ready to commit yeah yeah <laughs> I, I don't venerate any one thing but i work I, with a lot of things i strongly feel you on that <laughs> like, come on man there's a lot of Maddie veneration to go around. <laughs> I strongly feel you on that. I just never had a word to put on it. Yeah. Yeah, really? that that would be something like that. You know, um, of course, there's also like you've got it, there's so many breakdowns anymore. I won't get into the breakdowns because that'll that'll be an all night discussion because you've got like monolatrists and henotheists and pantheists and then the other type of pantheist that's more modern. Uh-oh. I have... Oh, okay. That's where you guys were in the chat. Uh-oh. Just making sure somebody <laughs> wanted to try to get in, and I was being a dummy over here. All right. Well, dang, Maddie. Thanks for bringing the heat. Oh, just a little snippet. Maybe next time I'll, I'll have dug into this more. We'll have uh, a little bit more to talk about when it comes to it. You big tease. Yeah, we'll be ready. To, we'll be ready for that episode of y'all's to drop. So, you guys are recording with her tonight. Yes. Yeah, she's a trooper, dude. Because realize it's like, like right now. Yeah, it's like two o'clock there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I, I, I was I was surprised myself. I, I can't wait for these two episodes. They're gonna be awesome. Yeah, I just finished editing the uh, YouTube version, too, so I'm going to get it ready to deploy midnight Sunday, so. Nice. I'm excited to hear it. Oh, man, this is a good time. Well, Maddie, thank you. We're going to move on to Poppy Joe. Going to bring the heat, I know it. Thank you, Maddie. Thank y'all. You hang out as long as you can, Maddie. But when you gotta go, we know, we understand. You gotta record. <laughs> maybe in more you. ways than maybe in more ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so we didn't get to talk on the before we recorded. Can I do a plug into this? Absolutely. Um, so a couple things here, and we got a little time, so just you let me know when to stop. Um, you take off, probably. Right. We have it. Okay. So one thing that I kind of was getting into recently. Um, so, hey, Maddie, while you're still on, do you have any Portuguese heritage? I've been wanting to ask you forever. I was going to do it off the air. Um, I I imagine I do, in fact, have Portuguese heritage. We're okay. from what Did I understand, I... very Western European mutts. Okay, so just your surname, which I won't divulge, but most of the people I know with that name, they're Portuguese. So we found out. I wasn't going to reveal, but you know, I'm just feeling like, you know, whatever vibes we're getting. So uh, 
we used to think, so I've got relative mother's side, fortunately. When my sisters did a DNA test, would, but we found out 50%. We're like, hey, wait a minute. Because our grandfather never. So we're 50%. Leave it. Um, and, and so that side of the family, they're from a, a group of islands off the coast of Portugal, the Azores. Uh, so my sister's been doing some research on this. She's actually thinking of buying cool as hell. That would be a great bug up. You know, whatever. By dark winter comes something like that. So anyways, I got on this thing of, about, you know, doing research on the Azores. And so there are some people who believe, including a lot of the Azori, the Azor of Italy. So just to give you a little background, the Portuguese discovered it like around 13, 1400s. Of course, they were some of the best navigators and mariners. Thanks to Kabul. I'll get that back to it. Hey, Bobby. Yeah. Okay, there's something going on with your microphone. Sometimes I can hear you. Sometimes yeah, I can't. Yeah, let me see what's going on. Stand by. Boost it up. Okay, okay how's this? Better? Keep talking. Is that a little better? Yeah. Okay. If it starts doing it again, I'll let you know. Yeah, let me uh hang on one second. So um so doing some research on it. Um so the Azores have these megaliths and they really don't know where they came they come from. Uh they're also a uh, current Carthaginian temples, so the Carthage, the country that uh, Rome went to war with, who were connected to um, the Canaanites in the, um, you know, in the Middle East. Um, and they, there are other megaliths on there as well. There was recently a, a study done of the mice in the Azores, and the mice in the Azores had DNA from mice from the Norwegian companies, uh, Norwegian countries rather. And uh, so that's something that I wanna dig into a little bit more, but basically what that means is that I'm half Atlantean. That's that's what I've kind of concluded from all of this. <laughs> so on the, you know, on the, Ir the, the Irish Viking side, I've got that going for me. You know, I've got my, uh, potential uh, inheritance of the Whitey Bulger crime organization. And then on the other side, I'm Atlantean. So I, I think at this point I'm unstoppable. I just wish I knew that when I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, that was a, that. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. I was just going to say that's interesting because the, uh, the Oralinda book, there's an association with Atlantis and the link I sent you for the sacred text 
text uh, copy mm-hmm. on the website is actually under Atlantean. Um, That's because wild. there's mention of an Otland, which probably would have been something like Old Land. Um, and early mm-hmm. on, people people seem to think that that was referring to specifically Atlantis. Huh. That's wild. That is wild. Yeah, we'll have to circle back on that because that could be that could be really interesting. And those um, those megaliths they find in the Azores, do they know about how old they are? Let me take a look. Um, I think they were talking about. I got a I got a link here. Let me see if I can find something on that. Oh man, they're old. Yeah, they're thinking like ne- Neolithic or Bronze Age. Dang. I don't know if they've done a lot of. <clears throat> that's crazy. That a lot that's of things, right. like, yeah. <laughs> That that puts them that puts them around the same time as like some of the Irish and Scottish and uh, English megalithic sites. Yeah. So it's it's kind of around the same time, which is wild. But again, that's all after Atlantis, right? So yes. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm hoping my sister gets a. It's a place there. I'm not about, you know, with my current employment, I'm not about to go investing anytime soon. We're probably going to end up with something in Colombia, but that is probably pretty easy to get from Colombia to the Azores. So that'll be cool. That'll be really cool. Um, So the the other thing that I I wanted to bring up tonight, um, and and this could, you know, we could kind of just do a quick, overview of this or we could dive down it I'll, I'll leave that up to you uh ryan so this all started when i finally i always think that like oh i've heard all the ai episodes and then i go back through the back catalog and i realize oh my it's like 10 different episodes or more that i haven't heard yet and i'm like okay let me do this so do you remember the episode with joshua cutchin yeah, I think I actually missed that one. I okay. wanted that was... I wanted to talk with Josh Kutch and, and man, and did you hear him on uh My Family Thinks I'm Crazy? No, Mark? but I wanted no, but I wanted if the, he's on he's on with Mark Steves, because of course Mark Steves, right? He's yes. a man. Um I would love episode. to hear that. Okay. So I, I will go check that out. He's but, on a but, Go ahead, Maynard. Sorry. He's on a, a he's on a, a podcast called Where Did the Road Go? Like quite often. So if you ever get a chance to check that out, he's on that every okay. couple of months. Okay. Um so he's on occasionally he's on occasionally with Timothy Renner on uh Strange Familiars too. Nice. All right. I'm gonna probably hit you up, Maynard, for like for for you can send me either the links to that or something because I, I went and got his his book Ecology of Souls, um, yeah, and started diving into that. Um, so, you remember we were talking about the, you know, the both the Hopewellian and the 
uh, the Logan County Serpent Mounds, right? Yes. So I don't want to say too much sure. about that. I'll 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 kind of get into the next step of that later, but it, it's definitely connected to that. So I, I started going through Ecology of Souls. Um, it's a huge book. I think it's like about fourteen hundred pages. I yeah. I got I got lucky. It was on Kindle Unlimited, uh, so I didn't have to. <laughs> I get it for free. Nice. And, but I'm just I'm working my way through it, and unlike some of the books I've been researching lately it's a very easy read but it's just the data and you know you guys know me i'm all about the data right Mm -hmm. um there's just tons of it in there and so that's that's one thing i like about josh cushions man is that's why he he brings the the data to back everything up Mm -hmm. that he says absolutely and and he does it in a way that i think Almost anybody can understand because I've been I've been, you know, and and Maddie can relate to this. I've been pouring through some stuff where it's I can get through it, but it, it makes my brain hurt. <laughs> you know, and, right, and, and his. Lighting. Yes. And, and but his stuff, I feel like. Anybody could read it and he's really got a gift. And, and it was the same way when he was on the podcast where the way he explained it was was so good. Um. But I'm thinking now, before I get into this, and and I'm always reluctant to do this, but this all really connected to this dream I had about two weeks ago. And, um, you know, my poor wife has to deal with me waking up almost every morning saying, oh, man, I had this really weird dream. And I, like, walk through every detail of it trying to understand what the meaning was and you know she's a saint because that would probably drive anybody out of their mind and my whole family's like this right so i'll i'll try to be very brief about this y'all know i used to be a bike messenger i had a lot of bike dreams okay so in this particular one i won't get into what happened before but i was like making an exit from this social event I jump on a bike, which should be the easiest thing in the world for me. And I'm riding on this mountain road and something's wrong. Either it's the steering of the bike, maybe the headset's loose or it's, it's the traction is bad. I can't, I can't control my steering. And I basically ride off this cliff. And if y'all have ever like jumped off of like a, like a quarry or something. Okay. Maddie's nodding here. So you know how like it's like this roadrunner thing where you're like the coyote who just like runs off the cliff and you're kind of hanging there for a little while, like time <laughs> yeah. dilates. Yeah. Like slow motion. Yeah. So I'm like looking mm-hmm. down, kind of hanging there for a while, and I'm saying, I'm not walking away from this. Now, most normal people, when they know they're gonna die in a dream, wake up, right? But not your boy, Poppy Joe. Yeah, not your boy, Poppy Joe. I'm like, okay. I'm going to be conscious through this whole thing. So so it was almost like in, you know, in, in martial arts when you kind of do a break fall or when I was a messenger, if I was like suddenly like launched over my handlebars, I'm like, okay, shit. I'm just going to relax and hope for the best. And so I'm like kind of floating down. It was kind of a soft landing. And, and there was a little pain in my back, which I think had to do with 
a, a workout I did that day, and I'm lying there. And some this nice Asian woman comes up to me to, to kind of help me out. And I saw her and I said, did you see them? And she's like, what? I'm like, did you see them? And she's like, what do you, did I see what? What are you talking about? I'm like, the angels. Because I was convinced that that's why I had that soft landing. So I've, I, I told this last night, Maddie, on the uh on the the podcast I did with with the boys over at Connor Cult, but I didn't tell this part. They bring me into this very fancy. It was like a man. It was like a mansion or a hotel or something. It was like have you ever been to like Biltmore or some of these, um, you know, the Newport mansions of the robber barons, like the Vanderbilts. It was like that. Yeah. Yeah. But it was kind of like an Asian thing. And so I'm there and there's this another Asian guy, bald head. Uh, and he's like a doctor and he's helping me and he's talking to me. And I'm like, okay, I'm still alive. I can't, I'm still like, I can't believe I'm still alive. And I look over and there's a bunch of these, basically what were Tibetan monks. And they're doing their like, you know, that throat chanting they do. Yeah. Like the oh, or whatever. And, and and then they kind of move aside, and there's this crazy-looking yokai-type creature just, like, gibbering at me. And I'm like, I'm like make that thing go away, because I've had enough today, right? <laughs> so, like, this is freaking weird. And so then the doctor starts doing all this weird stuff. I, I'm, I'm going to, you know, cut to the chase here, because, again, this, this is what my wife puts up with every day when I tell her about my dreams. And he says to me, he goes, you're going to be all right, but you've got this hole in your head. And I kind of saw almost like I was looking at an you know an MRI image of it, right? Oh, I got this hole in my head now, shit. And that's uh, I'll leave it at that. That's that's kind of what I remember, and that just bothered me for days because as I was thinking about it, so you know I, I quit my job a couple of weeks ago, so that was you know I, I at first I'm like okay, so that was my soft landing, right? Like I would've been worried about this, but God's going to take care of me. The angels are protecting me and I'm going to be okay. But then there was the second part. And so I've come to the conclusion that if based on what I saw of the imagery, it was kind of like the Tibetan book of the dead. Right. So now I'm wondering, was this my afterlife experience? Did I actually survive that? And was that like me moving on to the next world? So that happened so you know and, and so you know i'm kind of got this you know bardo fudal experience and then i listened to the josh kutchin episode right and so what is josh talking about he's talking about this ecology of souls he's associating what he calls the greatest mystery of all death and and he, he quotes this ann Stryber observation that all of these experiences that her and her husband Whitley were documenting have a lot to do with these near-death experiences, right? And so there's an association with UFOs, there's an association with the Fae, there's association with the cryptids. I mean, you know, as I'm listening to the episode and then as I'm going through the book, I'm thinking, 
well, gee, you know, there's this real association with this other stuff that we've been doing with the mounds and this journey of souls, right? Especially with the serpent mound and Maddie, you were there. So you yeah. had kind of an so so basically the serpent mound is supposed to be a portal for the souls of the people that were involved with it when it was time for them to move on to the next world. That's one of the reasons the serpent mound was there. So I don't know if you walked along the actual top of they let you do that. Yeah, they've got a path around it. Okay. Yeah. You, you could you couldn't uh, walk on it uh, though. No, no. The uh you could walk up to it and there were people that were, were like, you know, setting their hands on it and kind of meditating next to it and stuff like that. But the observatory yeah. itself was closed, so you couldn't get like yeah. the full spectrum all at once. So yeah. you really got a more intimate experience because of that, because you got to physically walk around it and just yeah. take it in. And you said there was some like very significant vibes around there. Yes, sir. Yeah. It was uh it was a dense place. Yeah. So if in fact this is a place where people when they you know, again, from this Hopewell and Adina culture went to focused on when they made their journey, you know, from life to death. I can understand why it would be like that. So, yeah. So, so he, you know, so, and again, so he talks about the whole idea of psychopomps. Um, so, again, that. You know, the Tibetan Book of the Dead, different animal psychopomps, so deer, bees, dogs. And the dog one, I think, is really significant, right? So Cerebus was the guardian of Hades. There was a Norse equivalent. Um, this was really cool. He brings up the fact that one of the reasons dogs probably became domesticated is, um, aside from the fact that, you know, maybe these primitive people would throw them scraps once in a while, but they would also scavenge human dead. They were like, hey, these humans, you know, we we don't want to take them on head on, but, you know, eventually they're going to die. And so maybe we can get a meal yeah. there. Right. And there is and there is a connection with with Sirius, the dog star, which, you know, I think we can elaborate later. Um, so birds, so owls, which play a big part in what you, Ryan, and the boys have been dealing with, um, they're a psychopomp. So the Hopi and the Mayan gods of the dead were owls. Uh, in China, they believe owls snatch away souls. Um, and then a lot of European countries, Hungary, France, Germany, Austria, the owls are the bird of death. <laughs> so so take, take that for what it is, right? Yeah. Um it's so not things many like good omens come along with that. Yeah. Well, and and again, it depends on how you look at it. I mean, I, I'm starting to take a you know a whole new view of this, right? <laughs> um, so so you've got these human psychopomps, like these hybrid creatures, like Anubis, right? Which you know, when we start thinking about half man, half animal creatures, you know, it could be. The cherubim, it could be Nephilim, it could be a lot of things, Egyptian gods. Um, so the shamans, people who 
the ancestors. So this one, I'd never made this connection before, even though it was like right, it, it's obvious, you know, Halloween and the um, Mexican Dia de los Muertes, the Day of the Dead, right? Which has become more part of the American culture. It's all about spending time and hanging out with your dead ancestors, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, again, there there are certain deities that are psychopomps, like Hermes or Mercury. Hermes, of course, is connected to Hermes Trismegistus, which Maddie is very familiar with. Um, emerald tables, all of that stuff. Um, you've got these bridge guardians and ferrymen, like a uh, Charon in the Greek. This one was really cool. So the Yedizes, if you've ever heard of them, they were like, they were always called devil worshippers, but they really weren't. They were more like uh, Manichaeans, where they were like, okay, God and the devil are in this fight, and they're kind of equals, right? And so they had this psychopomp, an angel they called Nazar Adin. And that blew my mind because... When I was in my my little secret society, which was based on the the writings of Gurdjieff and Uspensky, Gurdjieff would always talk about Mullah Nazaruddin, who was this um, Sufi mystic. So basically, that now connects back to the Edizis, which is a connection I've never. Maddie's naughty; he knows everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Nothing, no. I cannot throw him off. Nothing surprises him. That's what I I'm love saying. That. I'm learning. I love that. Yeah. You can Maddie's see the just dumb like, look on my face. That's and how Maddie's I just learned. like, yeah. Maddie's you know? like, yeah, yeah, dude. dude I'm, I'm tracking with you. I know what you're talking about. He's awesome. He's it's like he was there. Up. I think he's a time traveling. <laughs> he guy. was there. I convinced he was there. He was there. He, he that's maybe not a nose. Well. That's not a nose ring. <laughs> that's a teleporter. He goes boop. He's gone. <laughs> Wow. Don't give away my secrets. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Come on, man. We're on. We're on air. Don't, <laughs> we're don't on do that. So then you got the Valkyries, you know, from the Norse, which I personally am still hoping to get my ticket to Valhalla punched. But you know, I'm getting kind of old, so we'll see. Maybe yeah. I'll be the maybe I'll be the old guy who like fights off the zombies while the rest of you young folks escape, and that'll be my 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 ticket to the Valkyries taking me away. Uh, be sure to yeah. die with a sword in your hand. That's all you got to yeah. do. Well, if it's zombies, I'm saving one for myself. Yeah. I'm not getting my guts <laughs> ripped out like that dude on Walking Dead. Um, yeah. uh, so Egyptians, you got Thoth, Osiris, and Anubis again with the dog head, right? So there's probably a serious, uh, a serious connection, the star Sirius. Um, and, of course, Thoth is connected with Hermes, which is connected with Hermes Trismegistus. Maddie nods. Um, <laughs> and and then in and then in the Hindu tradition, you have Yama, Shiva, Agni, and the Bodhisattvas in Buddhism. So that's all pretty cool. Um, the thing that how are we doing for time? Do I have a few minutes to Yeah, man. Keep going. Kind of Take a hard left here. Okay. So as I was reading this, it really, this was was literally almost about a week ago, and I I couldn't sleep last Saturday night after reading this. And I was kind of hoping that that Caleb would be on the call 
because I was thinking about him a lot. So Caleb, and I'm hoping you're listening to this when this drops, you're someone who is, you're like the spirit whisperer, right? Yeah, he's all the time talking with demons and. Well, and and also spirits. So I didn't. I didn't get into this with the Josh Kutchin book, but he talked about it on the podcast about there are spirits that need help. That's the whole point of the psychopomps is that, you know, especially if you have a very traumatic exit from this world, when you shuffle off the mortal coil, like kind of I did in my dream. (laughs) Fortunately, there were at least Tibetans or somebody there to help me. Um, But it, it can be very disoriented and every tradition. And again, you know, my core beliefs, you know, I have a different, you know, worldview of what's going to happen. Hopefully when I, when I depart, but for probably the majority of humanity, it's a very disorienting experience. And that's probably why we have a lot of, you know, there's, there's, I think a lot of the ghost experience are kind of stone tape things, but I, I do believe there are some that are just, they're stuck here. They're confused. Somebody didn't help them. If you look at these different cultures, whether it's the native Americans, um, all these different, either indigenous or ancient cultures, it was very important that certain things were in place to help the dead find their way to the next destination. Right. Oh, yeah. thank God Lance is here. <laughs> He's getting his headphones. <laughs> hey, on. buddy. All right, Lance, I'm so glad you're here for this because I don't know if I could do this without you. Hey. So I was talking about the um the Josh Kutchin episode, and I've been reading the Ecology of Souls. You remember that? Yes, I, I do, yeah. Okay, so I was doing like a quick recap of that and just how I was grokking it and everything. Um, So we were talking about the issue of folks, when they die, how do they get to their next place and not become these like, you know, lost ghosts or spirits that are, don't know where to go, right? So, um, so I think I'm going to leave it there because I've got some thoughts on this, but I think my my feeling is I'll just put it this way and maybe we can pick it up again in the next powwow or whatever. But Sounds um, good. But but basically this is going to be important. Um and like I said, I need to to dig into this, but I it's never occurred to me how important it is to think about the rest of humanity, like I've always been, you know, secure in my divine destination or whatever you call it. But like, what about everybody else? And we've already seen in the last year, there were probably a lot of people that exited this plane of existence in a very bad way. And um, so that's going to be a focus for me, I guess, in 2024 is If this trend continues, there's going to be a lot of people in a similar situation. So I'll just leave it at that. But um, with that, I think I'll 
leave it there. We can revisit it if y'all want, but um, I think we should uh, see what Maynard's got going on. Sounds good. Thanks, Bobby. Always bringing the heat, man. Maddie, see you later, buddy. Y'all have a good podcast, man. Hell yeah. Thanks for having me, y'all. Tell uh, Dick we said hello and uh, tell tell Outlaw we said the same thing. Of course, man. I'll pass it right along. Y'all have a good rest of the evening. You too, Maddie. uh, We'll see y'all later, buddy. Hell yeah. All right, Maynard. I know you said you were ill-prepared, but right. I know you're a wealth of knowledge. Anyway. He's never ill-prepared. He's going to I tell know. us another He's going to tell us another story about I'm always ill-prepared. Well, first, he, how he, you doing, buddy? All right, I'm hanging in there. Um, I think I told you I went to the hospital on November 30th, and I got out of the hospital a couple weeks ago, but I'm still in, like, a nursing facility. It's been kind of a little rough... Uh, it's been a rough little stretch this time, um, but I've been trying to do some reading and catch up with uh, catch up with uh, looking at some stuff online. Do what I can to keep myself from being too bored. Um, but uh, I woke up. Uh, I went to ER the first night and woke up eight days later on a respirator and uh, like breathing tubes, feeding tubes. So it was a little shocking and. Took me a little while to uncover from that. Um, so I've been trying to relax, and I really don't watch movies or TV shows. I think I've said that before. Um, but I did relax and kind of watch a couple a couple movies um, this last couple weeks. And one of them I went back and looked at was actually a Close Encounters of the Third Kind, all the way back from like 1977. Like I hadn't seen it in like decade, probably 20 years. <laughs> um, but I just thought, I thought it'd be something I could you know sit back, relax, and watch. Um, but I kind of wanted to watch it um, from the point of a soft disclosure, where people see a lot of times Hollywood will talk to us, will show us things that um, the government wants us to see, you know, about certain parts of culture that don't want to, like, leak to the public so the public can get certain ideas. And I want to see if there's anything to that. I figure Spielberg, 1977, Close Encounters might be a, a decent movie for that. And when I went back and watched it, I was really impressed where I'm like, there is a lot in there that if you're looking, if you're looking for elements to see on where we are as far as the UFO culture and the UFO disclosure are, there's a lot in there. (laughs) Um, um, First of all, there are a lot of stuff in there. I didn't remember it. And a lot of little small things I, I normally wouldn't have seen. But because of my medication in the hospital, I keep I kept falling asleep. So I keep I kept restarting it and watching it. So I kept catching like little small things about it. And the one thing I really watched first of all is it's familiar with like um, again UFOs really aren't my thing. But if you're familiar with uh, UFO culture during the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, there was a phenomenon called uh, con- uh, the what was it the contactees. Well, once you move into the 80s, it became more about the abductees. And the contactees were like the UFO, uh, the aliens are coming down. They are our space brothers. They're telling us to stop nuclear war, stop doing what we're doing to the Earth. And then right around the 80s, it started becoming more about the aliens are abducting us. 
Why are they abducting us? It became a lot darker, a lot darker. And um, the funny thing was Spielberg's uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind being in 77, it sat right at almost that perfect break where we're going from the, the contactees to the abductees. And it was funny because, you know, when he would have written that in 77 and produced it, he wouldn't have known that. It's only in retrospect that we can go back and look at it. Unless it was a lot of big coincidences or unless he was being told, hey, we want to take this in this direction. So that was the first thing I noticed in the big picture. I was actually surprised at how well the movie aged. I expected it to go back and be really cheesy. And some of the old cars, the old fashions were. But it actually aged pretty well. And um, it started off with, you know, the UFOs trying to contact Richard Dreyfuss and some others um, for some unknown reason. But at the same time, it was just starting where kids were getting lured out of their houses and being you know, possibly abducted. They kind of hinted at that. Um, but it was bringing back, um, and I, I would say a spoiler alert, but movies from 1977, if you haven't watched it by now. Um, bringing back uh, the ships and planes got lost in the Bermuda Triangle, which was a big thing back in the 70s. Like, I remember when I was a little kid, that was a huge Bermuda Triangle was fairly big. It was always on um, a lot of the TV shows back in the day. Um, the Leonard Nimoy show, which I could never remember the name of. Um, but anyway. And uh, that's kind of where the movie starts out. But then there's another character. He's a French-speaking uh, character. I, can't, I don't remember his name. But it's very much supposedly like a Jacques Vallée character. And Jacques Vallée was a figure in ufology who was the first one to say that, hey, maybe these aren't extraterrestrials. Maybe these are just, and it was, Keel's term was ultra-terrestrial, but maybe this is a, a group that's using, you know, are they the fae? Are they demons? Is it one group just trying to appear as another group? And he was very, during that time period, Valet was a very instrumental in ufology. Um, so I found it interesting that that was right in there, where at that time period, Belay would have just been starting to come out with some of his writings and being more well-known. Um, and there's even another spot in the, in the movie where there's a character in the dark, kind of in the shadows, who's got like the, um, the beard and the mustache uh, smoking a pipe, who looks very much like Stanton Freeman. And that would have been before Stanton Freeman became involved in the ufology. And it, it all basically what I'm getting at, I'm not expressing it real well here, is that unless Spielberg just happened to line up all these coincidences, he, he put that movie in the perfect time spot with all the perfect elements all to line up to be almost like a perfect disclosure movie for where they were at in the late 70s, early 80s. Because I always, a lot of times when you hear that, I always, sometimes I poo poo it and just kind of go, yeah, I don't know, it sounds a lot of coincidence. But there's no way that this all lined up to be coincidences through this movie. And even at the end, um, it gets into the government. And even at the end, it, got to, it gets into the government conspiracy of um, trying to keep the aliens from the general public. And really, 
in our society, that really wasn't um, brought around until the uh, 1980s and with uh, Contact, and especially with the 1990s with the X-Files. Um, Roswell, people don't realize, Roswell wasn't even a really a big deal in ufology in the 1940s. It wasn't until the 80s and 90s that Roswell became a household term. Like it had largely been forgotten um, by even most ufologists. And, it, and yet here you have all these elements coming together, perfect alignment, um, just as uh, almost like signposts, signposts to soft disclosure. So did Spielberg know something about all of this? Was he handed all this or is it all just coincidence? And I think it's worth definitely, if you haven't seen that movie or gone back and looked at it for a while, just have a general in, interest with ufology and all that's going on, definitely go back and check out Close Encounters the Third Kind. I probably didn't express that as well as uh, I was hoping to, but kind of with the uh, no, being dude, in the hospital, dude, I think that, it kind of threw me dude, off. Dude, that is fire. Yeah. That is fire. That's really interesting. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Made I am going to go back and watch that now. You you knocked it out of the park, buddy. So and it was, you know, it was entertaining just to go back and rewatch it again too. On top of everything. Do you know who the um? Do you know who the technical advisor was on that movie? Uh -oh. It was Alan Alan J. Heineck. No, but I probably should. Alan J. Heineck. Oh, that's right. From Project Blue Book. I think there's an Alan J. Heineck character in the movie also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I think you're spot on, but I didn't, you know, I, I thought the Truffaut character was really cool in that movie, but I didn't realize he was an actual ufologist. Yes, yeah, he seemed to be like a Jacques Vallée type character anyway. Uh, no, I like think I think you're spot on. Um, I mean, from what you, yeah, from what you're telling us, I think that's absolutely mm -hmm. spot on. So right. that's awesome. And he was with the government in the movie, but at the same time. He was kind of helping. He was seeing Dreyfus and some of the others sneak in, and he kind of was letting them because yeah. he was after more of the truth than he was with trying to just be with the government and help the government out. And then when I saw, and then, like I said, he see another little brief cameo of just figure, figure it, kind of standing in the shadow, and you can see it, the, the clean-cut beard and mustache and smoking a pipe, and I'm like, that looks totally like Stanton Freeman. Yeah. You know, and that would have been kind of just before Stanton Freeman really came into vogue. I don't think that could have been a coincidence. So it just, and like I said, I, I thought that movie would have aged well, but it did. Yeah. yeah. Speaking, so, so go ahead. speaking of alien cover-ups, what do you guys think <laughs> about the Miami thing? Hey, before, <laughs> hang it, let me piggyback on all this. Okay. Here we that go. Was, that's actually was the direction I was getting ready to go um, once things kind of settled here. So, um, I have been, I, I don't usually deep dive into the alien or the, uh, what's a good way to put it? The videos or the sightings of aliens or abductions that we have been getting more and more of, you know, with Peru and just all the different stuff. Like, I don't usually like, fall into those rabbit holes very well, very much because one, I, I don't, I mean, it just, it always, you know, the videos are never good. Everything's always grainy. Everything's always convoluted. And it's just something I don't want to 
spend a ton of time on because I don't know. I just have a whole variety of different thoughts on the aliens and what the invasion could be and blue beam and it's all this different stuff. And I can't really put a good uh, linear thought together on all of it to make myself kind of fall into those rabbit holes. I enjoy all of it. I've said this a hundred times. My, my wife sees UFOs all the time. Um, and, but for some reason, uh, this Miami incident has really piqued my interest. Um, maybe because the timing of it, um, maybe because there's literally very little, any type of actual information coming from mainstream about it, or the fact that even some of the eyewitness accounts that are popping up on social media and so on and so forth, um, are oftentimes kind of vague on what's happened. So... I was we were we were driving today, um, and I, I one of the things I enjoy doing is just making Haley like uncomfortable by telling her the things that go on and talk about on the podcast. And I just asked, just out of the blue, "Have you seen like crazy stuff going on in Miami?" She was like, "No, of course not." She was, and so I was like, "Oh, okay," and I left it at that. And we drove for another five, four or five minutes in silence. And she said, well, are you going to tell me what it is? So I explained to her um, kind of a little bit of what was going on. And I showed her one of the videos. Um, of, I don't remember the exact video. It's some woman with the camera like right in her face. And she's detailed some of the events. And, um, and I just let her watch that video. And so she's watching it, right? And it's the woman in the video essentially like has... Um, TikTok videos or people who post on Twitter, like all these police rolling into this rolling into this mall, right? And she kind of starts off by saying, you know, these here's the video of all these hundreds of troopers coming in, and it's it's weird, right? That there's that many people that show up just for a, a fight, right, or a organized burglary or whatever it is they're now putting out there. Um, and then the so she kind of keeps watching it. And I'm just kind of kind of letting her watch it, and then she sh- kind of talks about how they shut down, essentially shut down Miami Airport. Um, for, for a while that people that cut power to the area, they cut internet to the area and all these things that were kind of happening. Um, so she's kind of watching all of it and she's taking it all in and she said, well, what, when she got done with the video and she's, what do they, what are they saying that that happened? And I said, well, the Miami police have put like a statement out on Twitter um, that <laughs> essentially said that this was an organized bunch of teenagers who were trying to attempt to rob the place right and had this whole thing set up and they had this huge police force kind of come down to stop it because they thought maybe there was weapons and there was fireworks and all these different things and they were trying to you know stop this essentially a huge bunch of teenagers and she said what well, can partly make sense because you know teenagers get organized and it, for the most part those young men and women are probably a little more savvy on things and we older folk are sure and they could probably figure out a way to have some kind of huge ride or whatever they were doing um so then i was like well but some people are like i wouldn't i told her like well there's some eyewitness accounts of like people that were seeing like eight to ten foot tall gray beings walking around the mall she's like what i was like well, i'm not saying i saw them but their eyewitness accounts are that there are these eight to ten foot beings and that's what caused the panic 
in nanoseconds. I actually saw one video where this guy was in the mall and he was like, even the fat ladies are running real fast. So I knew something was up, right? He, he kind of made that statement. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then I showed her the other video of from the from the apartment complex across the street or the high rise or whatever it was, and you can it w- what appears to be a very tall being walking right around that side of the mall. Right? Have you all seen that video? No. Okay, Ryan, I will send that to you when we get done here. But it yes. it, it it's it is pretty like. For me, who was very skeptical on things, I saw that and watched it a bunch of times. I was like, "That looks, that looks weird." It, Maynard, have you all have you, you all seen this? Yes, no, I've seen it. I've seen, seen it. it. Okay, so would you agree? Probably that it, it looks weird, right? It does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. I spent a lot of time on it. But yeah. Yeah. So she kind of watched it a couple times. She's like, well, "That's just a statue." They're shining a flashlight on the statue. So okay, why is the statue moving? She's like, oh, wait, it is moving, isn't it? <laughs> All right, so we're on our way home, and and, and my wife um, begins this huge reveal of this theory that she has. That she was like, well, there's, so we kind of get done talking about it. And I was like, well, she's like, well, there's definitely aliens. I said, what? She's like, oh, there are 100% aliens. I'd believe that 100%. And I was like, okay, all right, why do you think that? She's like, I don't necessarily think that they're extraterrestrial beings. And I said, you just said the word extraterrestrial. That's just shut up. And then she goes on to tell me that she thinks that these aliens and these other beings, and she said, like, things like, you know, uh, vampires and all this stuff. She's like, it's all government. The government has created all these things. They've messed up some type of experimental they're doing on humans. And they now have all these beings out there. And they're releasing all these beings to the public, so they think so. They think that we think that these all these people are like these things are showing up from other worlds, but actually, it's just another government way to continue to control us. It's nothing but Big Brother, Lance. All this is Big Brother. No matter what we do, no matter where we're at, the whole thing, it's all just a way to control us. <laughs> so wow. wait, holy so crap! You, I said, so you're telling me that you think that aliens and Bigfoot. And all these other cryptids that I talk about and all these UFOs that we're, that you see, all this stuff is just a way for the government to try to control us and try to corral us together so we can all have this common entity that we're trying to fight. He's like, yes, all of them except Bigfoot. Bigfoot's not that way. And I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, we believe that God can't give us anything more than we can handle. It's like, okay. All right, wait, we're, we're going to get churchy. All right, all right, Haley, all right, what is it? She was like, I think Bigfoot is just people who have been ostracized from society because they look are bigger and look different and have all have, have a, a genetic disorder that causes them to grow all the extra hair on them. That's why they're so hairy and they're big. And God has given them adaptation. God has given them adaptations so that we can know we can't deal with, can't bother them and they can live on their own accord. Out in out in the wilderness by themselves. <laughs> I said, "Haley, honey, you're gonna have to come get on the on the podcast." Yes, yeah. Haley. She yeah. said, I, "No, I I'm not." She actually grabbed her phone and said, "Actually, listen." She said, she "Grabbed your cell phone and went, no, I'm not getting on your silly podcast." Listen, government, I don't care about any of this stuff. Just because I have these theories, don't come after me and try to come find me and take me to jail. But she's under the impression that, which is funny, right? it's. it's an awesome story, but she's under the impression that she, she thinks that there, 
what, what happened there in Miami. And the more, I, then once I kind of got to the house, started splitting wood, I kind of, kind of began to roll this over my mind. She's under the impression that there was probably something there in Miami. Like it wasn't just, you know, kids. Like there was actually probably something there. That's why there was such a, such a presence of police there. But she also thinks that it wasn't beings that are here that have visited us, but it's a government op essentially to false flag, to divert attention, to have us a common enemy or whatever the case may be to kind of continue to control us. And then she actually even followed up with, didn't they just release all that Epstein stuff? And I was like, uh, yeah, that's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, this is the are. exact same time frame. Why are they not just trying to so, get it? Yeah. That's a pretty good so point. It's project blue beam. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I said that, right? I told her, I was like, this yeah. is, this is essentially project blue beam, blue beam. And she's like, I don't know what that is. I don't care. But I understand. <laughs> right. But she's, um, I, I now back to the, the, the what, not to believe that story, um, I am not 100% convinced, but I think this is the beginnings, maybe, or some auxiliary um, evidence of, you know, Project Bluebeam beginning to start um, in some form or fashion. I don't know if they're, if they're going to just dump all of it on us, but at least this is probably portions or pieces of it. Um, and I think, and this is a, this is a Lancey, isn't this is a totally crazy theory. I think it's all um, in the beginning of a lot of things that are probably going to happen over the next several months to disrupt the election. Preach. To cause, you know, more chaos and controversy around um, the election because I think, you know, we're at a pretty pivotal point here in America that. One way or the other, which way the way you believe, I, I really don't care which way you believe, but I think you can be, you can definitely see now there are two sides that are very polar opposite on the direction of how they want things to go. Um, mm-hmm. And we are seeing a struggle, you know, kind of essentially on the people who want to win one way or the other. Um, so I think that what we saw in Miami and what we were probably going to continue to see um, is the beginnings of some chaos that. Optic, optic chaos for just the general public to kind of disrupt um, ideas or change thoughts on who potentially, you know, be able to win the election. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Lance, that gives me hope because I've been talking to my wife about some of this stuff and um, I've been trying to convince her that Michelle Obama's a man. <laughs> and I torture her. I send her these videos and stuff like that. And so maybe she'll come around if your wife did. So thank you for that. Yeah. It, it gives me the strength to carry on. <laughs> oh, man. I, I think you're right. I mean, so when this happened, you know, and I was throwing it, throwing it on the discords and people were starting to jump in. And so we, I, I recorded last night with uh, the counter cult guys. We were talking about this. So, yeah, the timing right when the epstein files are dropping which i don't think i you know i didn't i haven't seen anything yet that's a huge surprise right so i think, I think that's just also giving, i think that's also bob plan is as well yeah yeah personally. and and they're just giving up the the ones i was talking about you know again talking to my wife and trying to help her process this that you know the people that 
are being given up here, I don't think are any use anymore. Like, you know, the the Clintons, I don't think, have any value to the folks that are calling the shots. So they're like, yeah, fine, let's give them up. That's, they're, they're in Mexico now, by the way. Yeah. Have been since right. before the new year, yeah. right? Yeah, and Jimmy Kimball, he, he lit out. You know, don't let the screen door hit you, right? Um, but again, it, it's it's all sly of hand, right? It's all ledger domain that they want us looking at one thing to, like, I don't know if you all know, but the same day there were like shots fired between North and South Korea. How many people were aware of that, right? So this. They want us to see what they want us to see, right? And and and, but not to discount the fact that yeah, I think this is. I mean, think about how public that was, and and doesn't get mentioned a lot is that they somehow shut off the police scanners. How that works? I know they can. They've been trying to encrypt those in a lot of jurisdictions so that the public can't hear what's going on, right? Right. Um. They shut down the internet for about 65,000 people. They shut down the Miami airport and they had helicopters flying over it. So, yeah, that doesn't make any sense from the point of view of a bunch of youths fighting with sticks and fireworks. Right. Right. And that was the that was the kicker for Hay is that we have been in the we have flown out of the Miami airport a couple of times. And that is a ginormous airport. It's massive. It's massive. massive. It's it's one of the it very first a- airports we had ever been in. Was the we like we flew out of a, a local one here and flew into Miami, and we were on our honeymoon. And we were trying to make sure that we could get to our terminal and get like, and the the, the the close one up here has you know has like six terminals. Like it's not that hard to navigate, right? I mean, we went into Charlotte, which is a little bigger, right? But it, it, still, it's not it's not that hard to navigate. So we rolled up in the we had a layover in Miami and we we're trying to figure out like, this place is a city. Like it is, it is absolutely ginormous how, you know, so you how, had to go from terminal a to terminal J. Yeah. It was one of those things, right. Where you had to go, you know, it was just forever to get to where we were going. And we just, we just kept walking and walking and walking and walking. And it's just like, I was never going to get there. So yeah. to, when I told her, I was like, they shut down the Miami airport. She's like, that's crazy. There's how many flights are coming. You know, how many people are there? How many flights are there? And I was like, I know it's, it's huge, right? It's, it tells you that it wasn't just simply a bunch of kids, you know, yeah, on rockets. That that, I, that is the that is the gateway to Latin America. Like all the times we've flown down to Colombia from there, you know, we, we we've been standing in line waiting to get on a flight to Colombia, and you like suddenly hear like a, a a rooster crowing, and like all the Colombians are like, "I feels me okay, vergüenza." You know, it's like you're you're like that's that's your gateway to the the whole Latin American, you know, world. Right. Crazy. So yeah, no, I hear you. And it, it it's interesting. And and keep in mind that Miami, Fort Lauderdale, even Broward and uh what's the other county there? I just slipped my mind. But that's like the the big blue Dave. Dade County, thank you. The big blue bastion in in Florida, right? right. The rest of Florida is pretty red. So if you're going to run some kind of false 
you know, whatever, PSYOP or something like that, that's probably the place you're going to do it, is in Miami. Yeah. It's interesting. It yeah. is. This is going to be a crazy year. Yeah. It's an election year. And it started okay. off with an alien invasion. You're the, you're the dragon, too, right? Is that is that correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The dragon. That that's pretty. I, book, I, that's pretty book of revelations, right there, Lance. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mandy. What are you saying? I stepped on you there. Oh, I don't want to lock myself in any one two things too much, but I've been thinking about this a little ways too, um, without all the disclosure and everything. And I think you're right. I think they are going to set it up, kind of to um, to play on this dichotomy we've got going where. Everything in society is it are two sides that are against each other. And I think it, when it comes down to it, it's not going to be extraterrestrial, maybe interdimensional, but I, I think we're going to see it be more along the lines of jinn or demons or something very something you wouldn't expect it um, to be as far as long as we are. Because I think what that allows them to do is most most people, the average American who doesn't pay attention to all of the um ethereal stuff we do, we think about, could wrap their head around demons or anything like that. Whereas I think we, we tend to think about a lot of other options. We start wrapping around, you know, those of us here start thinking about, um, uh, what do I want to say? Um, anyways, um, and I think, I think it'll be easier for them to line people up on the sides of demons or not demons or gin, and line people up on two sides of that. And what that's going to do is allow them to set up almost um, satanic panic of the 80s kind of thing. For those people who are interested in the occult, who are interested in some of these more esoteric um, topics, will be on the outside. Because we will be the way, as people are more into esotericism and some of these more wild topics, we're going to be seen as um, not going on into one of these two sides. And that will be easier for them to kind of take us out of the mix. And why that's important is because generally, well, we tend to look at all these extra, you know, cryptids and the jinn and kind of just look at it, you know, standing, uh, standing back a ways. Um, also tend to be the conspiracy theorists who, who will who will see the government and call them on their bullshit. And I think there's a great a great that's a fear I kind of have. They're they're gonna set this up so as to keep us out of the mix and kind of turn both sides. They can isolate us on the outside of society and and still gain the gain control. And that's just something I've been thinking about a little bit, if that makes any sense. No, it totally makes sense, dude. And, and really- I'm kind of, I'm kind of gobsmacked that of this idea of they will take, bring in something that initially we won't recognize. Okay, so so there's a you know it, it's almost like bringing in a ringer, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, like from a sports perspective, you bring in somebody that nobody knows what their capabilities are that makes a lot of sense to me because it 
it, it kind of makes everybody kind of fall back and say, what's going on here, right? So you mentioned gin, you mentioned there's any number of things that are out there, you know, sitting on the bench that we we may not be able to, because it's interesting because with this whole thing in the, in the, um, the Miami thing, Nephilim has been trending on Twitter in a way that I don't think it ever has. If you guys have noticed that, I, I think even Trump commented on the Miami thing. If I, if I remember correctly, like I don't, I don't spend a lot of time following that. So, so we've got our, you know, we've kind of got our whole cosmology set down. So why not bring in something that's completely out of left field that we're not expecting that'll kind of, Put us on our heels so i that's a very important thing i think for us to kind of keep an eye on so that i, I think that's an awesome insight maynard yes and i think those of us here could probably have a decent conversation about the nephilim or where we think that'll be but if they're trying to set up everyone pro and con nephilim obviously if we know something about it it'll be easier to isolate uh, push us to the side isolate us as part of the problem and, and thus isolate, again, all the conspiracy theorists. Who's going yeah. to call them on their yeah. crap? Yeah. Now, now, it's funny because if I was, you know... That's how I would do it. Yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, if... So if I'm going out in a place, I'm not as good at this as I should be, but there's certain areas around here that if I'm going to a mall, I'm carrying, right? And they said that some of these people were in the mall actually shooting at these things. So you've got these Second Amendment Floridians... <laughs> We're like they're 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 putting down fire on these things, which I doubt would do any good, right? Yeah, you know, because as we know, some of these things probably, you know, a, a, a nine millimeter or forty five caliber round is not going to do anything. But hey, at least you're trying, right? So just the image of these Floridians, like mm-hmm. you know, just just putting rounds on target, trying to do something, um, but. You know, when it when it it comes down to us, and if we're ever in that situation, then the the what do we have to deal with that? Like, if I was there in the mall, what would I do? Right. So, yeah. I mean, God bless him for trying to do something, right? <laughs> but chances are, it probably, mm-hmm. you know, we're not we're not dealing with flesh and blood here, right? So I don't know. Maybe there was some pastor there laying down some sort of the spirit stuff i hope i don't know but we'll see we'll see what i i don't think this is gonna end here let's put it that way this is not the this is probably a one of a number of things we're going to see at some point whether it's this year or later i don't know but that it's a hell of a a way to start the year there had to be cameras in the mall and phones. We won't see that. In, we won't see mall. that. Though. We no. won't see that. No, we won't see that. No way. That's no the way. footage I want to see. Like, yeah. And if that is really what happened, why even cover it up? Why well, try to cover it up or silence that when it happened right out in the? How are you going to stop it? Well, well, well. Lance was talking about that guy. I saw that same. That same whatever it was, a, a TikTok or a, I don't know if it was on Twitter or whatever it was. But the guy talking about the fat ladies and the old ladies running like they were like sprinters, you know. <laughs> um, that guy, 
not long after recanted. He's like, oh, y'all, I was just trolling. I never even been to Miami. He had this whole story of going down to Miami and the car he rented and this and that. So somebody's already gotten to that dude. He had a very specific story. Like it was, yeah, and, and he and he went on very quickly without saying a lot of details. Said, "Oh, y'all, I was only trolling. I never even been to Miami." Within a day, so somebody got to that dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I don't. And if, all, if everyone's cell phone, cell phone videos and everything don't come up, that tells you something right there. Because the only yeah, way to yeah. cut off all those videos. Would be not after the fact, but somewhere in the line, you know, by the companies that run them, and that's going to tell you right there that they're controlling the the narrative right there at that point. Right, right. Because if they could easily debunk this whole thing, they'd just say, "Hey, here's the video from the mall." Yeah, it was just a bunch of guy, you know, young bunch you of shut youths. down the Wi-Fi that stops any kind of Facebook or Instagram live. Yep. yep. Yeah. Any kind of live video. And, and, and I'm more, again, this is just, dude, we're just postulating here. This is all allegedly. Yes. But, like, I'm under more of the impression that they don't want it debunked. They want it to be one of those things that people mm-hmm. are uncertain about. They don't want mm-hmm. to just come out and say, hey, this is what was happening. Yeah. Right? They don't want to They don't want to put concrete evidence on why this wasn't aliens or Neff or whatever, right? And they want people to be like, you know what? I don't know. Like mm. they should be doing the, they should be doing all these things to kind of cover their tracks, and they're not. Like yep. there's there's yep. certain things they aren't releasing, but like they're still allowing certain videos to be shown. And to me, that is more of a this is a, a an event that took place that is very calculated, right? Because they're not just kind of popping out and saying, no, this wasn't happening. This is you know, this didn't happen. This was whatever the case may be. Um, I yeah. think the fact that there is so much still mystery surrounding it, and even three or four days later now, there's still so little out there really about it. Um, but there's bits and pieces that are being leaked through eyewitness accounts or whatever. I, I think, to me, that tells me that this was, you know, an orchestrated thing that probably could have happened. Allegedly. Yeah. Right? This is all just yeah. 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 And and that that reminds me that I, w- I had the thought that we have the... Uh, you guys have probably seen this on whatever youtube or wherever but we have the technology to make something look like a 3d image running around a mall and a mall is an easy place to set that up they've got all these christmas decorations up and everything um if somebody wanted that to happen they could do it absolutely yeah but not saying that that was the case or not but to your point yeah, they just they just want that fog of war that we're not sure what's going on, right? You're just talking about it so they can get through that list. Nobody's paying attention to while they're worrying about aliens. I don't care about the list. I want to see what was on the Anthony Weiner laptop, and I want to see what was on the Hunter Biden laptop. Yeah, <laughs> I actually probably don't want to see that. Well, no, you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And, and funny because you know, I know what people you mean. Have been, <laughs> people have been posting the frazzle drip, and it, when it gets the, they, they warn you, and it's like, okay, if you go beyond this point in the video, this is what made New York Police Department hardened detectives throw up and 
cry. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I don't need to see this. I believe you. And I just shut it down. I've heard, I've heard the description. I know what it's supposed to be, but do I need to see it? Nah. And 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 almost all of those people are no longer fog in a mirror. So, but that's that's what needs to be getting out there. Not you know a couple of names on a civil suit. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I personally think Epstein's still alive, but we'll never see him again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm not I'm not ruling that one out either, brother. Um, you heard it here first, <laughs> folks. <laughs> we, we can go down that rat hole, but Maynard yeah. wants to know where the hell they're hiding Epstein. Uh, last I heard, <laughs> oh, shoot, where was it? Yeah, oh, He's, he could be out there somewhere. He could be out there somewhere, well, guys. Yeah, I guess. I just look uh, at <laughs> go ahead, Maynard. Oh, no, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to end it. I was just going to guess. I was just saying why uh, why the only reason I say about Epstein is when you're going against someone that powerful, um, blackmail is your only protection you have on your life. And the only way that works is to say, if something happens to me, everything comes out. So if if he got suicided or unalived, or whatever term we're using this week, if he got killed, then where is everything yeah. that was supposed to have come out? Because yeah. Epstein's a world-class creep, but I don't—I I never—I don't think he's stupid, and that he would have known. That's the only way that whole game works. And if he something happened to him and everything didn't come out, that tells me he's probably still out there somewhere. Probably. That was all I had to dude, say, dude. That's a—that's a strong argument. That's a very strong argument. I, I, yeah, I got to believe you got to be right. Oh, well. Sorry, guys. If you can hear my teenage daughters, they're rude. But, uh, all right, guys, this has been fun. Lance. Yeah. I've missed you since a night and a half ago. We've, we've been on it here. I know it. So I told him, I was like, it's our second time this week. And uh, that's who Maddie and them are recording with tonight. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait for that to come out. Yeah, that should drop Monday. Like I yeah, said, I don't know when sweet, he'll drop this one. Sweet. If it's going to be this Monday or the following. So I just, Lance, I just wish you were on because you always make my stuff seem more interesting with your questions. <laughs> so maybe next powwow. <laughs> Yeah. You brought well, the I heat. Say that, but I appreciate it. <laughs> we 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 figured out uh, Poppy is half Atlantean, of course. <laughs> so that's on top of being a Viking Irish heir to the Whitey Bulger mm-hmm. crime empire. So yeah, see, uh, that's my bloodline, Poppy, the uh, Irish Vikings. So so, do you know what what part of Ireland you came from? I don't know. I would have to ask my brother. He's the one who did the whole 23 and me. They're really, you know, they're really, it really would lame be, one. the lamest place. The lamest place. Oh, that would be so yeah. cool if, if me and if me <laughs> and sure. Ryan, if me and Ryan had a common 
Viking Irish ancestor from Wexford, that would be cool. That would be awesome. So, so County Wexford is where the, the Bulgars were. That's where the Bulgars were from. Okay. Ryan, Ryan come. He 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 uh, airs from the land of the Sir Littlehorn. <laughs> Sir Littlehorn. Yeah. Yes. That was my name. Is that a re- hey? Is that a racist reference to the Irish curse? <laughs> yeah. no, it's not. <laughs> Gee. See, on my mom's what... side, I have Cherokee. Yeah. So. Oh! 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 Okay. <laughs> Well, well, those guys were pretty well endowed, so you're, you're in good shape. Well, that was my native name too, Little Horn. But really, well, no. Okay. <laughs> Listen, Papa, we can't have an AI so without at least one horny. Yeah, you can have one. That's right. Joke. With, with without one one horn joke. Alyssa, why are you hovering? And why are you asking me if you can go to somebody's house? I'm recording. Hi, Alyssa. Hi, guys. <laughs> Teenage girls are the best, man. You're so Oh, man. I'm going to punch her. Don't but, punch uh, your teenage girls, dude. I, I never do. I always say do, that. Do better. Yeah. <laughs> do better, Ryan. I, I never do. I always say that. They roll their eyes at me. Hope, hopefully, like my daughters, will become nurses and they can take care of us when we're senile. Well, that one, I think, wants to be a veterinarian. And uh, the other one... Wants to go into uh, hair and makeup, and specifically the makeup part of it. And my son, I have no idea, because he's about to be eighteen and graduate, and he changes his mind every two minutes. So that's okay. He's he'll he'll do some drone stuff. I, that's pretty I cool. told him I was like, dude, just just start school, get your stuff out of the way, and all right, let me in this thing. Just get him into engineering. All right, okay, guys. We'll, talk, we'll talk about this later. Yeah. Well, Maynard, thank brother, you. you brought you brought the heat. Yeah. So Maynard brought could... the heat. Oh, oh man, brought the heat. Man, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's good being here. Yeah, it was awesome. Well, guys, you got, you know where to find us. Send us your stories. AppalachianIntelligence.com or at gmail.com. I uh, go on our Instagram. Uh, we have a Facebook page. I don't think anybody goes over there much. We got the Discord. You can find that on the Instagram. Are you guys on page. Twitter? Uh, I yes. am personally. Is the do we have an yeah, account? Yeah, yeah, we're on Twitter. Um, but I mean, really, Instagram is pretty much the main social that we use. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, heavily on Instagram, Discord mostly. So, well, thank you everyone for joining us tonight. And until next time, love you, fellas. (laughs) We'll see y'all later.